Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The Edmonton Oilers beaten in every way tonight. The Vegas Golden Knights far superior, beating the Edmonton Oilers 6-3. Jonathan show scores twice for Edmonton. It was Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, and Russell getting the goals. So the Oilers dropped to 32-33-7 and seven on the season. Ten games left in their year. Thanks a lot for staying up with us. It's 11.08 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. So 6-3 the final in the goals column in the shots. I mean Vegas just had the puck. Way more zone time. 34-19 the shots on goal. So I, I wouldn't say this was a goaltending loss for the Oilers but also Miko Koskinen didn't bail the team out and it just completely slipped away from the Oilers by the end. Yeah I, I think that uh, the score is probably indicative of the way the game was played. I thought Miko was very strong early in the game. Vegas came out flying and probably should have been up 2-0 in the first five, six minutes of the game. Miko was good. He gave his team a a chance, but uh, Miko, like most of the team tonight, looked a little tired, uh, looked a little overmatched. And at the end of the day, Vegas has a better hockey club than the Edmonton Oilers, and playing on home ice, uh, they were the better team and deserved the win. Two assists for Connor McDavid, now up to 105 points on the season. He has 20 points over the course of a 10-game point streak. Dreisaitl, after going a couple without a goal, gets his 43rd, so he remains second in the NHL to Alexander Ovechkin, but uh, once again, not much else from the rest of the Oilers lineup. Russell did score today his first goal since January 12th. He'd gone 26 without a goal. And, and Vegas early, I mean, the first eight or nine minutes, they were completely in control. The Oilers, I mean, they hit the post early, but you know, that's just a loud shot that's going wide. And they're just, they're, they're so quick. And I mean, they're furious around the puck. And I just, it just looked like they get it and it's immediately they're at the net or into the slot. I mean, they're just completely containing you. Yeah, they, they have a very good forecheck. Uh, they're very quick and speedy. They, they get in there uh, quickly, and they always have support. So if one guy goes in and, and the defender somehow shakes him, there's a second guy. Uh, they're very tenacious. And the biggest thing and their, their biggest attribute as a team is they're, they're deep up front. As we talked about with, with Bob, they all four lines scored a goal for them today. Uh, they, roll, they can roll four lines where you see the Oilers short, shortening up a bench and you, you'll see Connor or Leon or both of them coming out every second shift or trying to create something. Vegas doesn't worry about that. Everybody plays and when you play against, I mean, every team, every player on Vegas was in double digits. Oh, they all played over 10 minutes where the Oilers again have, you know, guys playing eight and a half, eight minutes. And the Oilers, the only reason those guys got up to that much was because 
they fell out of game. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're, they're a tough team to play. The only way you can get at them tonight would have been to get at their goaltender. I thought Subban struggled in net tonight. They put three by him. Uh, one for sure he should have had, and he seemed to be bouncing things off his chest the whole night. But the, uh, the, the Vegas Golden Knights are so good in their own zone that you may have zone time for 15, 20 seconds, yet you never get off a clean shot because they, they collapse into the house right in front of the slot area and they don't give you uh, free, free chances. You have to fight for every inch in there. And because of that, their goaltender, Subban, did not get tested as much as the Oilers needed to get pucks on them. 6-3, Vegas wins it. The Oilers will wrap up this three-game road trip Tuesday in St. Louis. We'll have it for you, 4.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at uh, 6 o'clock. Goalie interference review in this game. We love these, Rob. Uh, Braden McNabb got the goal at, uh, what was the official time there? 9.45 of the third period. His point shot leaks through Koskinen. Again, that wasn't a good goal against on Koskinen. So Russell had sort of guided Belmar mm-hmm. towards the crease. There, there was contact, yep. and the puck trickled through and uh, went over the line. Carpenter actually dove for it. They ruled it was over the line before he can, can finished whacking it in. The Oilers had to challenge yeah, that, absolutely, at yes. that point. Um yeah, I mean, you and I sit there discussing, and we kind of are sitting there, okay, here's how I would call it, but here's how I think the NHL <laughs> might call it. In my mind, I, I thought it was a goal, but given what we've seen from the NHL, I almost thought they might wave it off. Well, and I agreed with you. I, I thought it would be it was a goal because I thought the puck went straight in. I, and Koskinen never made an attempt to find the puck. He right. thought he thought he had control of the puck, so he never made an attempt, so I don't think he was interfered. He got hit after the puck had already started to go through him, so I thought, I agreed, I thought that it should be a goal, but again, I really have no idea because I've seen so many that have gone the opposite way that I thought it should, but then you've found what the NHL has put out, and I agree with this statement. So they're saying the contact between Belmar and Koskinen had no bearing on the puck entering the net as the original shot traveled through the goaltender and crossed the goalie in a continuous motion. Therefore, the play does not constitute goaltender interference. I, I think you make a good point. If Koskinen would have turned around, mm-hmm. the problem was he'd lost the puck. Yes. I thought he had it. If he would have started to turn around, the Oilers may have got the call because Belmar did put his hand mm-hmm. on Koskinen's back in in somewhat of a wrapping motion. I'm not saying he had him tied up, but that might have been enough if Koskinen yes. had turned to say he was prevented from moving. But he didn't know where the puck was. No, I agree. And he wasn't doing it to prevent him. He was doing it to try and keep himself standing up. So he, he put his hand there. And I, I believe if Koskinen would have made an attempt to find the puck, then the referee could have said, well, you know what? He did make an attempt. The puck was going slowly. I don't know if he could have got there or not, but he didn't get the chance to do it. But Koskin made no attempt to find the puck because he thought the puck was in him the whole time. All right, 6-3, Vegas wins it. We'll get to your phone calls in a minute, 780-496-0063. Back to T-Mobile Arena. Here's Ken Hitchcock. It's okay to start with that uh, NHL reviewed goal. Your team kept fighting back and fighting back. Was that one you thought would go in your favor? Yeah, I thought we, I thought we were going to get that call, but that goal hurt us quite a bit. But I thought in the third period they they skated us, uh, they skated us into the ground a little bit and uh, took advantage. We looked uh, we looked tired in the third period and they. They amped it up to another level. We were right there after two, but uh, and then even came back and made it 
but I thought their their skating legs showed up in the third period and they skated us. Uh, they made us make. They forced us into a lot of errors, a lot of puck errors because of their ability to uh, to pressure us. And like I said, their tempo was higher than ours. Ken, is that the best team in the league in terms of pressure, back back pressure, forward pressure? I, I just think they play at a tempo that's hard to match. They're deep and they come at you with four lines. And when they're on top of their game, you know, we, we negated them in our building. Did a great job. But uh, they were on top of us uh, for a lot of the night today. They they put a lot of pressure on you. And, you know, they've they've added that that whole new line. That didn't even play against us. And, um, you know, that's a significant line with a lot of good players on it. Ken, uh, you mentioned the play in the third period. Uh, you guys were able to jump out in the second. So on the contrary, how much did that goal by March so 40 seconds into the final frame no, have to do with No, it's the whole third period. They all skated us. They all played us. How much they, did they that deserve, play have to do with that? That had nothing to do with it. That was just one of many in the third period where they're on top of us. All right, that's Hitch. Oilers lose 6-3 to Vegas. Well, I mean, that's a good way. I mean, Vegas is just on top of the Oilers mm-hmm. most of the night. I mean, Edmonton had some good moments in the game, but Vegas was uh, was better. And we talked, too, about when goals are scored. I mean, obviously, the quantity of goals is, is what determines the winner or the loss. But when goals are scored, uh, the Oilers give up a goal in the last minute of the first period. It looked like they were going to get out of it tied 1-1 after being outplayed. Eakin scores at 19.05. And then you talk about goals shortly after you score a goal. Now, it wasn't like last night when a goal was still being announced, but Dreisaitl scores 22 seconds into the second period. You're thinking, great, right back into the game, first-minute goal, and less than two minutes later, Marshall scores. Oh, and then the Oilers gave up a goal in the first minute of the third to go down 4-2. Yeah, bottom line, and Hitch just said it in his interview, or the Vegas Knights just outskated and outworked the Oilers. And part of it is the Vegas Golden Knights are a better hockey club. And the other part of it is the Edmonton Oilers looked fatigued. And you combine uh, a team that's not as good and, and have them play tired, you're probably going to get a 6-3 loss. And I think I think this was a pretty honest scoreboard tonight on the way this game went. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Mark standing by, who's also our Finish the Play contestant. Mark, go ahead. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Good. Uh, I, I think I'm handicapped, man, because uh, I was on the road, so I was only able to hear the last maybe three minutes of the game. Okay. Oh, you just, you just, oh, you want to do the contest right away? Oh, sure, why not? Okay. Well, well, do you want to talk about anything first? Let's ask you that first. Yeah, uh, actually, you know, uh, I'm kind of thinking about the uh, about the Oilers and uh, being a Flyer fan. Hey, Rob Brown. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have nightmares about the Flyers. Rob, uh, Thanks. Nothing but negative to say about the Flyers. You'll never get nothing negative, positive from Rob saying about the Flyers. But <laughs> I, I'm thinking the way the the way the way the Oilers are right now, and that with uh, Connor and, and Grizzle, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Sydney and uh, you know Malkin, and that. It's going to take a while to find somebody to play with Connor. Am I wrong? Well, they they found someone. Unfortunately, it's Leon that is the best player that he can play with them, and that's where they have all the success. Um, The Oilers were hoping in the preseason that one of their young right-wingers would be able to step up and play at the National Hockey League level and play in a top-six role, but that was a lot of pressure on them, and they weren't capable of doing it. 
having said now because of that, uh, Leon Dreisel, who they would love to have as a, a number two centerman because of his size and his abilities, he has to move up and play with Connor because the Oilers honestly don't have anyone else they can put in that position where they can have success. All right, we're going to finish the play with Mark. He's already got an eight-day parking pass at EIA, courtesy Jet Set Parking. The best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at jetsetparking.com and self-park as low as five ninety-eight per day with the promo code Jet. What do we have here, Patrick? And Vegas's power play about to go by the boards here. They got 15 seconds. They better hurry. Tuck will take it in left-hand side. Put it, dance his way around Benning. Up the right-hand side, Toby Reader for his first goal. A backhander. All right, Mark. Well, here's an easy one. Did Toby Reader score on that play? No. (laughs) He did not. You are correct. Your name goes into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe adrenaline pumping fun, FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Well, yeah, and I mean, Reader, 12 to 16 goals each of the last four years. You would have think he was getting at least 10. Doesn't have any. And then, yeah, I mean, the Oilers, ideally, you ha- you split up the guys or you have better. I mean, they, they don't have a lot of forwards with offensive instincts nope. or finish. Like, who can really snipe a goal like Marshall fired those home tonight. And that's that's what continually has cost them over and over. Well, looking at the Oilers lineup, they have three of those players. That's it. Well, and, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's that's all, that's all they have. I mean, Alex Chason, who's having a wonderful season as a, a free agent signing, he's not going to come down and score that way. And then the three leading goal scorers are also the three best passers. Yes. Like, it's not like they have, okay, this guy might only score 13 goals, but he's going to get 50 assists. No, nope, you're, you're, you're right. right. I mean, it's, it's a depth problem, and the Oilers struggle when they play against teams with depth. And that's why Leon and Connor often wind up on the same line because they might be they might be able to get the puck to their line mates but there's not a lot of finish well and what you're going to have too is when you're winning then hitch or if the game's if you're winning or tied hitch can break them up and say all right we'll play even the rest of the way as soon as you fall behind he has to put them together because that's well this 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 season has shown that's the only way they're going to score goals 6-3 6-3 Vegas winning tonight. We'll go to Brejean on line four. Sorry, am I saying your name right? Yes. Uh, how are you doing, Reed? How are you, sir? Good, good. Go ahead. Yeah, my name is Bijan. Yeah, B-I-J. I'm calling from Montreal. How's it going, Rob? How are you, sir? I'm very good. How are you tonight? Thank you, sir. Thank you. I called last night, but I guess that guy from Boston took lots of time, so <laughs> I, I couldn't. Uh, gentlemen, I just, uh, as you as you know, I'm oldest fan for long times uh, since I'm in Canada, and uh, I'm just want to talk to about the future of this team and this organization. I think one of the biggest problems we had. I'm not talking about this game. I'm not talking about this season. I'm talking about one of the top two players of defense of the Oilers, Darren Nurse, and basically Cliffman. I think part of the problem is these two players. I, I think. Uh, I'm not talking about the physical aspect of these two players, uh, the game situations, the game mentality. I think I'm very, very disappointed with the growth of these two players. I don't know what is it. I don't think this is coaching. I think this is nothing to do with the coaching philosophy. This is mental of these two players. I know uh, maybe you guys not agree with me, but I could see them. I saw them. I am listening to you guys every game. I'm listening to read every day from 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock in my times. I cannot believe these two players. Look, 
the last four games, besides beside the the forward problems with the third line, the fourth line, these two players, I just don't understand. I just don't understand Dolan Nurse. He played with one stick, with one hand. I don't know if you saw them. If you saw this guy in the second player, he goes in the he goes in the corner. He played with one stick. He's defending with one stick. I never saw that. So, Bridge, let me let me just ask you this. And yes, sir. I mean, we've had these two players have had primarily two coaches in the NHL, Todd McClellan and Ken Hitchcock. And both of those coaches have deployed them pretty much the same way. And they've generally been two of the top three guys in ice time. So why, Please, do, you, why Please, do you think that is? Please, I think, I think um, you know, Rob knows more than me. He plays hockey. I watch hockey. I never play. I cannot skate. But I, about 15 years ago, I applied for to be a scout of NHL. I watched lots of hockey. The best tool of the defenseman, the first, the first tool of the defenseman, have to be how to take the body out. Rob knows that. I don't care if you are Paul Coffey or you are a sixth defenseman. These two players, look, the last the, the game between with New Jersey, left bomb. He had the, I took I took it with basically uh, slow motion. He had ten second times to clear the puck. He cleared it so soft they score. I, this is my answer to your question, Reed. I think these players, let's go back to, I'm not, I don't want to insult them. High IQ is not there. They don't understand how to play defense. When I say play defense, not, I mean, everybody can escape. Everybody can have assist in the play, in a power play. Clefman cannot shoot the puck. I don't know. Is there risk problems? A still shoulder risk problems last year? I don't know. This, look, look at these games. Today, I mean, he, he gave up the puck. I count. He played 24 minutes tonight. The last game last night, he played 26 minutes. Last night, he had 10 giveaways. Why? Okay, so here, here, uh, I think all your, your your points are well thought out, and I I want to I want to just before I get into my point, you actually applied to be an NHL scout. Yes, sir. Who did you apply with? Do I. Applied for every team. Nobody answered me. Only Buffalo Sabers. Really? John Muckler was yes. Well, that's really cool. I mean, kudos to you for doing that. I, 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 big props for for going out there and trying to find a job doing that. Now here's here's the thing. Darnell Nurse you know and Oscar. Why? Darnell Nurse why? and Oscar Clefbaum both have things that are very good in their game, and they both have things that they need to improve on. And some of the stuff that you touched on is certainly valid. The problem for the Oilers is, I don't know if they have, and I don't think they have, anyone that's better than those two. That's why they play the minutes they do. If you were to give those minutes, the 25-26, when Clefbaum was out, Nurse was playing 30, if you were to give those minutes to a Sekra, a Larson, a Russell, you would your team would struggle. So could they find a better number one and two defenseman in the National Hockey League? Yes. But right now, the way the Oilers team is, Darnell Nurse and Oscar Kleffbaum are going to eat the most minutes on the back end, and they have to because they are the two best that the Oilers have. 100%. I agree, I agree with you. I have no problem. I, I believe what you're saying. But I'm saying the defense philosophy is, is not there. I mean, Darnell Nurse against, uh, what do you call it, 
They score. They score on the power against the, what do you call it, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. They pinch. How you pinch? You, are, you know there is no forward. Sure, Brejean, but look, buddy, you're, you're focusing on, I mean, Chris Russell made a bad pinch today. No, I'm saying about top two. I'm, I'm top, yeah. But I'm right, but a bad a bad I mean, pinch is a bad pinch. I I just think you're. I think I'm not. These to, guys have flaws, like Rob said. But you're you're sitting there watching an Oilers game, thinking I'm just going to focus on. Well, two I, guys. I I just don't think there's the Oilers have no other options right now. Those are the two best that guys they can roll out in those minutes. So until they find something better, uh, they're going to continue to work with them and. Uh, there, there are times that Clefbaum and Nurse uh, have been excellent in their games, and there are some times that the decision-making has been off, but they are the Oilers' two best defensemen. Okay. The last two points. I want to make two points. I, I don't want it too much of take your time. About Lucic. Lucic have to go to look at the mirror. Rajon, move on. That's a tired topic. Okay. Move on okay. to something okay. else. Uh, about Toronto media, about this subject of they are bringing about McDavid, another two years. This is disgrace to the national media in Toronto to bring up this subject. To bring the losing of, I mean, he's tired of losing. I mean, TSM, I'm saying, I'm saying why did they not talking about Toronto Maple Leafs? At least Edmonton Oilers, the last 20 years, 50, 30 years, they've been five cops. What about Toronto? Why they don't talk about Toronto players? No. You're right, but when those teams, especially especially those guys, which they were playing, they were working in the uh, Edmonton media. I don't want to name names because this is this is the problem. So the people they work in uh, Toronto in the Edmonton media, and they went to Toronto. They wanted on the TSN and other and other network. They bring up this, or oh, I mean, what McDavid. He's going to leave in two years. This is disgrace. This is disgusting. And they, they better watch what they are talking about, McDavid and Edmonton. I'll give you, Thank I'll, you. I'll give you this. I'll give you the same advice that I tell anybody: don't read the paper. Don't listen. Seriously. I mean, don't. I, I do not listen to people outside of the market. I won't listen to someone in Buffalo talk about the Montreal Canadiens. I won't listen to someone in New Jersey talk about the Boston Bruins. Unless you're there every day, you're just looking at it from a far side and you don't understand what's going on in the inner workings of a team or a player. So I don't really put any credence into what people that are outside of this organization and outside of this city really say about a team. Well, until the Oilers start winning, they're going to be an easy target. Because they've been pretty. Yep. I mean, it's pretty easy to say they're bad because they have been bad for a long time. Yep. But yeah, the the McDavid trading stuff. That's just. I mean, he just. I don't. I don't read any of that stuff. I honestly, I don't. It doesn't affect me. It does, doesn't bother me. The rate. There's so much hockey in in Canada is so huge, yep. and with the number of. Uh, 24 hour and the media and report you have to fill time you have to fill columns you have to fill segments on the television you got to fill segments on the radio so you you know what what am I going to talk about there's nothing to talk about well let's talk about this and I'm in media now so I know what it's like 6-3 Vegas beating the Oilers tonight we have Tony on the line hey Tony hey boys how's it going good um, so I have I have I have something funny to say, and then I got I got a plan I want to make tonight. So something funny. So everybody wants Lucic gone, right? Well, last night I decided to go on NHL 19 on uh, and do the franchise mode, and I was the GM. You want to actually? I wonder how I actually got rid of Lucic. I did Lucic 
and Pugliarvi in a, in a third rounder for 2020 for, I think it was, uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. So you got um, you got digital Lucic to waive his no move clause. That's amazing. I don't know how I did it, but literally I was on NHL at nineteen last night, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and trade him, see what I can do. So I was like, okay, well, Lucic doesn't have much trade value. You know, I don't. I could see why. I said, let's let's put somebody who you know has potential, and I put that in a draft pick, and I said, okay, what, what ends up happening? I get him. Like nothing. Yeah, but um, as, right. as Reed said, the digital Lucic, you didn't ever ask him if he wanted to go there. <laughs> um, second point is, is, yeah, I understand the fact that the big game was basically done or kind of done when um, the goal happened. But I don't know what Toronto was looking at, but they were not looking at the same thing as I was. Yeah, I understand the fact that, you know, maybe maybe Kloskman did have a chance to get back to it. But with the way that it looked like with Delmar is that he was holding – he was holding him, and it, it kind of reminded me of 20, the 2016 playoffs when the Oilers were supposed to have won it in six, and they lost it in seven. Yeah, but the, the, read, read, read they, what they said. They said that the puck was going in the whole time, and Koskinen didn't make a play on it. So then it was he didn't interfere with yeah, the goalie. Yeah, it's nowhere near as blatant as no. Kessler grabbed. I mean, yeah, he grabbed his leg and didn't allow him to move anymore. Koskinen was not trying to move on this one. The puck was going in the net. Thanks, Tony. 11:32. Oilers lose 6-3 to the Golden Knights. You'll hear from Sam Gagne. More of your phone calls. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad. Centering pass, Schmidt in front, and a backhander flipped wide by Nosek. Wraparound twice, Tonk denied. What a stick save made by Koskinen. He got the paddle out there, and Koskinen sharp early. All right, that's the save of the game for Jiffy Loop. Get winter ready at jiffyloopservice.ca, but not nearly enough saves tonight. Vegas beating Edmonton 6-3. The goal scores for the Oilers, Nugent Hopkins, his 23rd, Dreisaitl, his 43rd, and Russell, his 3rd. Connor McDavid gets a couple of assists. The Oilers' record sinks to 32-33-7. They have 10 games left. Uh, obviously, their playoff hopes are well, mathematically, uh, I don't know, probably down to 1% by now. They basically got to win every game. Yeah, I, I agree. Math, they, they, probably 9-1. Yeah. I'm guessing 9-1 is so what they have to be. they're not going to get in. As, well, hey, you know what? Let's not know. Our listeners still want belief. I still believe I, I it's well and, and what they're doing in the dressing room right now is the same thing. Each game they go out and try to win a hockey game. Oh sure. Try to li- try to live one more day and that's what they're trying well, to yeah, do. Well yeah, that's what it comes down yeah, to. Yeah, it does. Yeah, at a player level for sure, but I'm not in the dressing room. <laughs> I'm I'm logically looking at the caves remaining in the stands. Well, and, and we we've been saying all along this the Oilers were on an incredible run and moved up zero points in the standings. The the problem wasn't how many points they were behind. The problem was how many teams they had to pass. Well, no, that's a problem too because they it's haven't a bigger, they, have, they haven't passed the team they were. No, but they're closer. They they have picked up points on that team on Minnesota. Yes, yes they so, picked up two points. And I think they're going to continue to pick points up on Minnesota. I think their schedule is too hard. I I. I don't believe Minnesota will make the playoffs, but there's other teams that have got uh, more points, a little bit of a head start on Edmonton in this little race for the playoffs. It, it was a stretch in December and January that cost them where they are today. Other action tonight on the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Avalanche shut out the Devils 3-0. Sabres beat the Blues 4-3 in a shootout. Islanders get by the Wild 3-2 in overtime. Canucks beat the Stars 3-2 in a shootout. Flyers over the Devils 
or pardon me, over the Penguins 2-1 in overtime. Ducks beat the Panthers 3-2. Oil Kings ended their regular season with a 3-1 win over Calgary. Oil Kings have won 11 straight. U of A Golden Bears beaten in the national championship game 4-2 by New Brunswick. Whenever the Oilers get to five or more in a game, we'll turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appy at Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South downtown Northside and Sherwood Park. Vegas winning this one. 6-3. We will go to Robert on line two. Hey, Robert. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing well. Well, no, I'm not one to... No, I mean, I, I'm, no, I, mean, I, I like to say uh, relatively optimistic when it comes to them making the playoffs until there's, the, no, until, the, until there's that great big E beside their name saying that they're mathematically eliminated. But, I mean, like you guys, you guys are talking about that they probably have to go nine and one even if they do that only gives them 89 points yep and and that's not gonna that's not gonna guarantee them anything because because uh, because even if they do get to get to 89 points now you're asking all these teams that they're uh, now you're asking all these teams that they're chasing to to win to win no more than four of their final 10 and that's uh, that's yeah and that's the that's, problem uh, and that's tough. Now, now I have a now I have now I have a thought about about the defense. Now, one caller talking about Nurse and Clefbaum. You know what? You know what? Right now, as it stands, I agree that Nurse and Clefbaum are current are cur- currently the best we have until the until the Oilers somehow find a way to you know uh, unload some money to give them cap space to pick up a better one and two. I mean, and, to, and like I said, until they do that, Clefbaum and Nurse, that's the best they got. Yep, fair call. Thanks, Robert. Always good to hear from you. Yeah, thanks. That is Robert checking in. Let's go back to Vegas. Here's Oilers forward Sam Gagne. Period. You guys got an early one to tie it up, but early in the third, March still got his second. Just maybe talk about what that goal did to you guys. Uh, yeah, it was deflating. Um, uh, you know, I think... We did some good things in that middle frame where we were uh, controlling the pace of play or forcing them into turnovers and playing in their end a little bit. But uh, just a little too far, a few and far between. I mean, that's a team that uh, they come at you in waves and they're a hard team to play against and they force you into turnovers. And, you know, I think uh, uh, we did a good job when we were uh, making them turn it over and playing in their end. But... Uh, just not enough of it. There were a couple of long, sorry. Uh, there's a couple of long stretches where it seemed like you guys weren't able to get your offensive mojo. Uh, is that one of the best teams in the league in terms of closing things out in the neutral zone? Well, they just uh, they backtrack really well, and uh, their D stay up and and trust that their forwards are going to come, and then they move the puck up. And, um, and I think uh, when you play in your, your own end, uh, you know, it's obviously tough to create offense. So that's something for us. Um, uh, you know, it's a learning experience where you, you got to keep pushing through, keep finding ways to, to get through uh, their speed by, you know, chipping, chipping pucks and skating onto it and um, uh, just, you know, forechecking the puck back. And I thought we did a really good job of that for uh, certain parts of that game and uh, we got rewarded for it, but uh, just not enough of it. They- they turn when it's a turnover. All of a sudden, it's a two on one or three on two. I mean, they they're um, on the goal on the offense very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're doing that both ways. I mean, I think uh, their forwards are are good with the puck um, at uh, you know buying time. 
uh, for, you know, for their speed to, to get going. And then, um, you know, they they uh, they move well, move off the puck well, and um, it allows the guy with the puck to, to make plays. And, um, you know, I think for us, uh, like I said, um, we got to look at our own games. And uh, when we were... Uh, when we were hunting pucks back, um, you know, back checking and, and making it hard on their forwards to, to create any offense, um, I thought we got a lot, and uh, that's got to be our blueprint. All right, that's Sam Gagne. Oilers beaten soundly tonight, 6-3 by the Vegas Golden Knights. We will welcome Michael on the open line. Hey, Michael, go ahead. Hey, Reed. Hey, uh, Rob, how are you? Good. Well, I'm not doing too good. I'm a little bit furious. Um, I'm furious at that call. I mean, I know what you guys read. I know what you guys said. I know I watched the game. The ref was standing, standing right behind the net. The puck didn't go through until the Vegas player uh, bumped Koskinen. Um, I strongly believe, I strongly believe that this league has been against us since 2016 because what did we go with you know, last year? 1-16 for calls against us? Like, I mean, I'm not saying that the Oilers played the best game tonight. No, they didn't. But, I mean, come on. I mean, at four, if that call would have been disallowed, it would have been 4-3. This game would have been a whole different story. Well, I don't agree with you, but that's fine. Uh, but, I mean, there have been some close calls on goalie interferences this year that have gone the Oilers' way. I, I actually think they've come out ahead on some of the close calls this year. I mean, there was a goal against... Calgary had a goal disallowed where a player nudged Koskinen's skate and the puck went in. And then two games later, Dreisaitl did the same thing to an opposing goalie. I think it was St. Louis and the goal counted. I think if you look at the reviews this year... The others have been on the probably positive. Are, yeah. Probably have a slight edge in the in the iffy ones. And, and, I, and Michael, I, I know you're mad, but come on, man. Do you really think a league conspires to screw over one team? Do you really believe that deep down in your heart? I'm not saying that they do. It's just No, you but you did say that. You did you actually I did you I, actually did say that. I know Brady, I did. <laughs> I know I did. I'm just I'm just frustrated because I watched the game. I seen Koskin and hold the puck in his in his body and the ref was standing there. I mean like what are the rules for I the, the thing is I I, I agree with the, I agree with the 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 league that I think the puck had gone through before he got bumped. I th- I think I believe if Koskinen made any effort to get the puck that they would have disallowed it, but he didn't because he felt that he had it the whole time. And as it's rolling into the net, he made no movement towards the puck. I I right when it first happened before they we saw a replay before we. Read what the NHL said. Reed and I both sat here and said, "Well, the puck got through him before the bump happened." And then we saw the replay, and it to me it it, it showed that. So uh, I I wish that would have been a reversal, but I both of us here said before it happened, before the ref made the announcement, we both said that that should be a goal. Michael, okay, but, Michael, but, but what what are you doing at seven thirty tomorrow night? Uh, nothing. Give me a call on Inside Sports, okay? Okay. I'll give you a, I'll give you some time to to have a rest and a nice day of work. Okay. But can I can I ask you guys a question though? Yes. Uh, before I let you guys go, what are the rules um, if the ref does 
No, as no, no, no. As soon as he loses sight, yeah. he thinks it's covered. Yeah. Okay. But I think he's, right. he saw it. Yeah. He didn't think it was covered. Yeah. And yeah. I, I didn't either. Can you imagine 15 seconds? <laughs> the goalies would <laughs> be going nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that was Michael. 780-496-0063. All right. He has uh, apparently pledged that this will be his final call of the season. He's lying. Scott in Boston. It's almost yes. 2 a.m. Why are you not in bed? Don't you have a job tomorrow? Because I, <clears throat> excuse my voice, my voice is better, by oh, the way. Oh, it's way better. Way better. You sound healthy. And you yeah, sound. I, I have to stay away from live rock bands. Reed, I'm assuming I have a minute before I get the trivia with Rob. You never stop after a minute, Scott. <laughs> I, let's, could, let's I could go. Honest, honest, it's a Boston minute. It's a Boston right, this minute. Is be, this is going to be tough love, guys. Whoever's listening, this is tough love. The season's over. It's over. They're not coming back. They're not going to win 12 out of 30. Get real. It's over. It's over. It's over. I won't say it again. It's over. You just I, I'll call you again in October. Read, let me run, kid. Listen. And by the way, it's over. It's over. I'm so annoyed. I don't know where to begin. That was 100%. Do I have to educate Canadian guys on, on I almost swore, Reed, on goalie interference rules? Are you kidding me? The guy had his arm on the goalie's back. Not only should that have been a goal, that should have been a two-minute penalty for interference. You can't put your hand. Did you see the replay? He has his arm on the goalie's back. He was afraid. Oh. He was afraid Miko was going to fall down. He was holding him up. <sighs> Rob, just like just <laughs> I'm, I'm, only I can politicize hockey, but it, just like the rest of America, it's the liberalization of the world. It's pathetic. No, <laughs> that you can't do that. It's. It, all right, let me move. I got a few points, and I got, and I'm going to get you tonight. You no, know, you've already pretty... used, you've already used a minute. All right, here like, we go. I, All you, right, right. You, I could cut you off by your own Don't rules. Breed, give me a warning first. <laughs> I'm like, this is tough love. You guys are going to hate me. The fans are going to hate me. I'm done calling. I'll talk to you guys in October. This is my last call, unless they do win 12 in a row, which they're not. Season's All over. Right, because they only have 10 games left. It's if they over. win 12 we in a row in 10 over. games, I'll let listen, you host my show. Listen, listen, Reed, Rob, I know you work for them and stuff, but can we... It's I over. don't work for the Oilers. So All right, let me, let me move. Let me move on. That. Hold on, here we go. Don't dump me. Hold on. I'm going to tell you right now, even in October, I'll never... Not that this is a punishment. I mean, some people will be happy. I'm never calling Edmonton Radio again until they get rid of Hitchcock. He's got nothing... Rob, yet again, he didn't use a timeout and didn't pull the goalie. Playing for his playoff life. He couldn't find one spot. Well, he had no timeout left. He lost uh, it when he challenged when he challenged oh, for the goalie oh, interference. Good point. Rob, very good point. Thank very you. Very good point. And he he point. won't be the coach next year. And he year, won't be Scott. the coach next year. I mean, get real. You know who I'd like to see coach? Someone like uh, Tortorello. Someone with some fire. This team's got no fire. I'm just, I'm almost done, Reed. We're going to do trivia. Okay, do it I'm now. reading my notes. Do you know now. I take notes. Hold on, one quick point and then trivia. It's desperation time right now. Like, could I just send the sec, uh, excuse me, the third and fourth lines down to Bakersfield in the AHL and pull up their first two lines that they're dying to play in no, the AHL? No, that's a horrible. That's the worst Why? suggestion you've made. Because right, they're doing dump, well in Bakersfield, and those players are in the minors because they're not good enough to play in the NHL. Yeah, yet. but they're starving to play in the NHL. Yeah, but wait, now the others have got a few guys that are up here that have been starving. That's It's the guys on the third and fourth line. Josh Curry was Bakersfield's leading goal scorer when he got called up. And What do you know about Josh Curry, Scott? 
I actually do. I believe he's a local. He may be a. Um, I do know about him. He played in the. He's 27 years old. But let me ask you a question, Reed. He played. Um, never got drafted. Correct. I actually follow the Oilers. Never got drafted. No, but I'm just. Uh, it was more of a rhetorical question. So like, he oh, and Gambardella. You know, Josh Curry was. He was one the, of the leading scorer. Snipers in the AHL. And Gambardella became. Wrong. He had two points his first two games. Why did they get rid of him? He's still he's he's playing. He's playing on the third. He's on the third. Line, buddy. Okay, excuse me. Let me withdraw and rephrase. Why do you want to get rid of him? I, well, I no, no. I'm not saying over with. Want to get rid of him? You said I'm you. I'm saying you can't just call up the top Bakersfield guys and think they're going to excel in the NHL because the two top goal scorers from Bakersfield are right now playing for the Oilers. Gambardella, I think he took over what the lead. Did he not? Guys, Rob, why, why not? do you okay, understand Scott. how much desire? Scott, right, hold we're on, go, go, we're going right. in circles, Scott. Trivia time. All right, all right. You understand how much desire matters in hockey? Lucic has none. I hope he's let, get rid of him. He should be in Bakersfield. Eat the six million dollars. Get out of here. All right, he's got no fire. He doesn't care. Yeah, trivia, trivia time. All right, here we go. This is a fun one, Rob. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. By the way, you're up five three on me. Nice. I keep track. And I'm going to end up winning because this is your last time calling, so the worst thing could be is 5 4. Again this year. This, I'm kind of sad. I'm really not. I've given up on this team until they get rid of Hitchcock but tonight. They had no fire, no fight. This team's done. Okay. Lose. Well, my prediction, real quick, Rob. Re- no, you're doing five. trivia or I'm hanging up. Reed, okay. <laughs> uh, excuse me, Rob. Yes. McDavid, uh-huh. he actually traveled to Boston when he played for the Erie Otters, considering. A college hockey career. Name the college that he considered. Fact. Um, while uh, thinking, give me three seconds, Reed. While he's thinking, it's either well, it's either either B or BC. One of them only. Well, either. You yeah, but one of them only takes. Choice, but one of them only takes American players. So it's the other one. Is it B? I don't even know that. Which one? Give me. A, okay, I, I'm gonna go B. You. Bingo, dude, you're good. Thank Rob, you. Well, I know BC's the only hey, they only the take way, Americans. Scrub, I could talk to you all night, I'll Rob. Miss you. But, no, Reed, real quick, real quick. Could you imagine what Connor McDavid would have done to college hockey? He would have broke every record. Paul Correa is the old, he's the best college hockey player of all time. He, he wouldn't have done it because he only would have been there for one year. Then he would have been gone. Great point. Great point. Scott, on, you've been a gem, going. but we got to go. Can I you've say been a gem for the summer. I'm not going to talk to you guys till October. Well, I'm, I'm done saying with goodbye to you right now. I'm telling you, you're a gem. By the way, quick prediction: How many games left? Quick prediction: Ten. How many games left? Ten. They're going to go five and five. Watch. Thank That's you, guys. Fair. It's been a blast. I'll talk to you in October. <laughs> See you Scott later. in Boston. <laughs> Zach, Daniel, Adam up next. Oilers lose 6-3. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30, All right, the Oilers fall 6-3 to the Golden Knights. Next up, St. Louis on Tuesday. Rob, what will be the adjustment of the game for the Oilers for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors? If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. I think the biggest thing is rest. I think they, they looked fatigued tonight. So I think they need rest over the next... 48 hours and come out a, a much different team in St. Louis because St. Louis is good and they need to be a rested team to play them. Zach, you're not calling from Boston, are you? No, no. <laughs> Where are you? Uh, St. Albert. Oh, oh nice. Bad. Rob Brown lives there. Yep, I know. Which neighborhood? I'm in Oakmont. The F's, the K's? I'm uh, in the O's. I'm in the O's. Oh, the O's, okay. <laughs> um, you know, I, it was really... I was really impressed watching Vegas tonight. Like to me, they kind of seem like maybe the kind of team Edmonton could have been if 
we, if Shirelli hadn't made such risky decisions with the assets that he had, you know, uh, in terms of very strong up front, really deep, not a very good defense really, but since everyone plays a defensive game, it kind of like helps. And then, of course, Flurry wasn't there, but Flurry's been yeah. stellar. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, that's very good point. To look at it, yeah. Um, in terms of uh, the stats and Hitchcock, I find this team and this combination of Hitch, there's like a really negative feedback loop going on right now. I mean, and it kind of benefits some players and damages others in that it's really benefiting Leon this year. Um, McDavid and Leon uh, combined their uh, goals for 60 at uh, even strength has gone from 3.73 to 4.3. And that's with a zone start of 50 to 60. In other words, Hitch doesn't like to take chances as far as I can tell. And, he will use his offensive weapons every chance that he gets. Of course, that doesn't help on the back end. It's not helping uh, Brodziak. It's not. It hasn't right. helped Reader. It hasn't helped RV and some of these other players who've been really in a slump. So there's this kind of like negative feedback loop going on where struggling players don't get the chance because Hitch has to use the good players to score, which you know it builds and builds and builds and and it also reflects in actually Connor and Leon stats away from each other because they when you look at Connor and Leon without each other they are scoring less too because the guys around them have not been doing very well yep you're absolutely right Uh, good observations do you think um so you guys don't think Hitch will be here next year but do you think that's is, is is the risk uh, aversiveness or like not wanting to take risk is that just part of Hitch's game or is that something specific to this team I, I think he just looks at his lineup and he feels that for him to win Connor and Leon have to play 25 minutes a night I think it's just that simple alright uh, Doug was the faceoff winner uh, Zach we just got to move on to a couple other guys here Doug was the faceoff trivia winner Stefan Legault the answer what former Oil King was University Cup MVP last year so Doug goes into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card courtesy Alpine Credits homeowners get approved alpinecredits.ca Daniel go ahead hey I- good I uh, just uh, think it outside the box a little bit but uh, I've been watching uh, and I know I know it's a tired, uh, dead horse at this point. <clears throat> I happen to be one of the few guys in Edmonton that doesn't seem to uh, completely hate Lucic. I think <laughs> having him on the team is uh, a good thing. I think that guys are scared, a little, well, maybe not scared, but a little more scared than they would be if we didn't have Lucic to take cheap shots at our smaller or more important guys, right? I, I think you're right. I, I just think it's the price point. I think oh, it, I think he'd be, I think he'd be a very valuable player to any team in the National Hockey League. He's just... Six million dollars to play ten, eleven minutes a night is a lot of money. Yeah. Well, that, that's actually kind of where I was going with it because, uh, especially, he's always on the third, fourth line. Doesn't see lots of ice time, and I think he's uh, obviously he's had some own issues in his personal life as of lately. And uh, you know, you, you gotta kind of understand that too. You, you know, you can't go to work and really do your job if you're if you're both beating yourself up, and when you go home, you're pissed off about other things too. Pardon my language, <clears throat> but I was thinking. That it would be it would be cool to see the Oilers, and if not for the remainder of the ten games, because I got to agree with Scott from Boston, we're done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the remainder, or for the preseason, I'd like to see them try him uh, try him on deep. 
He's big. He's a uh, he's a pretty threatening guy. He can hit hard. He's got good hockey IQ. I'm going to tell you, there's zero chance of success at that. Zero. There's Why guys that, that there's guys that spend their entire lives playing defense that are great juniors, great college players, great minor league players that can't play in the National League Hockey League in defense because they're not good enough. You're never ever going to have a player that's, that's going to yeah. be able to change and go into a different position. That's a tough conversion. Well, I mean, Justin Bufflin old. and Brent Burns both disagree the, with you, I think. Yeah, those those are those guys are all stars. Like those guys well, sure, are. Norris Burns Tro- wasn't an all star when he was. Brent Burns can the skate. Well, there's, there's zero. Brent Burns was still a very good hockey player, and he had played defense before. Milan okay, Lucic, yeah, yeah. So there's there's zero chance of that. With, there's zero success in that one. We that is outside the box, though, Daniel. We appreciate it. Take care, man. All right, take care. All right, we're really tight to the midnight news, uh, Adam. I, I promise if you call next time or you want to call me on Inside Sports tomorrow, I'll give you more time. Uh, but I'll, if you can do something in 40 seconds right now, that'd be perfect. No, okay. Well, thanks for letting me squeeze in. I just wanted to say there was four weak glove side goals, and if all I got is 40 seconds. You're, you're, well, you're <laughs> absolutely right. You're right. I mean, I, I Constant think didn't have a good game. He didn't have a good game, and the teams are going to know more and more about him now. The more video they watch on him, the more they see him play. And tonight they found a spot that... They took advantage of. Adam, if, if you got if you got time tomorrow, call me between 7.30 and 8, okay? Okay, deal. Thanks a lot, man. Okay, see ya. Oilers lose 6-3 to Vegas. Get more on 630Ched.com. Next broadcast, Tuesday, 4.30 face-off show. Game at 6 as they take on St. Louis. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Thanks to Patrick Bauer, our studio producer. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great evening.